and welcome to the Victory Alabang podcast. You're listening to a message from our preaching series entitled Metro. Together, we'll discover God's purpose for the cities and the role we play in it. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Good. Can we give God a glory for that? That even though we're seated in this gathering, we know that we are uh, making an impact uh, all across uh, the different nations and I hope that you are encouraged with a testimony of Sonita. And she's one of those people that uh, we can really even uh, celebrate with because of the number of years that we've been doing world missions. And I'm thankful for people like you who has gone out of your way to make a pledge. So here we are again. If you are committed and if you do understand that more than just coming here, you are so much part of what we're doing in every nation, I would want you to... Uh, get those uh, pledge cards on your seat, and some of it is a bit warm. <laughs> I don't have to explain, but I hope that uh, you will fill in the different, uh, should I say, informations that uh, are asked of you, and if you would want to give a one-time gift or you would want to uh, make a pledge for 12 months, uh, we would want to accommodate that, and there's a box at the back that you can drop your pledges. So once again, can we give God a glory for what He's doing in the different nations? Amen? <laughs> Praise God. And I'm excited in the second installment of our series because of my heart, in fact, to see more people coming to the saving knowledge of Christ. I know that God is working in the different nations, and it is also my prayer for the past few years that when I came to know the Lord, April 3, 1994, 3rd row, 3rd seat, 3.15 p.m., it was not just because I was invited to go to church. My heart for the nations has been burning and I just can't help but to constantly pray for nations because I believe that the gospel is not only um, meant for Filipinos. It is, in fact, meant for people of every nationality, race, and language. So more than just even your involvement in our ministry, know for one thing that our heart is for the entire nations. And that's the reason why we have this series Metro, because what we have talked about a week ago is that God is using cities in order for Him to communicate His gospel, because people from all walks of life would converge in a city. And that is, in fact, uh, synonymous to the history of victory, that uh, Pastor Steve and the rest of uh, the American missionaries went to the university belt, and a lot of pastors, and in fact, uh, Christian churches, has discouraged them to do their ministry in the 1980s because of the riots in the university belt. I don't know if you uh, were born that time, and yet it was really the leading of God that they uh, started a church in that uh, area. Make a long story short, after 35 years, we have uh, churches all across Metro Manila and about six to 700 churches all across the globe because one person who is not even that extrovert left his country, go to the Philippines, and was used by God. That's a story of our ministry, that God is using people, not even extraordinary people. Ordinary people with an extraordinary God. That's what we need. That God is using every step of the way to really even bring the gospel. And that is something that we have learned a week ago, that God is using cities in order for um, God to uh, even uh, use people in the city to communicate the gospel. And from the very beginning, the question that I've been asking myself, what's with the city? Make a uh, long story short, if you look at the Bible, uh, cities after cities from the book of Genesis down to Revelation is God's way of even communicating the gospel and using it as a strategic venue 
to preach the gospel from. This is why in the second installment of our series, Metro, we want to explain to you who we are as a movement. In fact, we have given you a picture of who we are, that we are an urban cross-cultural church planting ministry and how God can use each and every one of us to pray, give, and go. That's the reason why more than anything else, I am encouraged that you're not just part of this gathering, but I know that God will use you mightily to pray, give, and go. And if you are familiar of what we have talked about about a week ago, is that God is not just even particular with how we would function in the city. God has a great plan. And I believe that God would want to really speak to each and every one of you of how he would want to use you. Remember that if you were a follower of God, redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a different life. How many of you here are thankful that you've been redeemed by God? That you don't have to really exert an effort in order for you to really prove yourself that you are worth redeeming. In fact, God redeemed you, and because of the redemption of God, you have your value, okay, more than anything else. Your value was restored, and that's the reason why if people will question you of your value, that you're nothing, your life is uh, even uh, not worth uh, loving and saving, I want you to look to the cross because your value is dependent on how much Christ paid for your sins. That's how valuable you are. And that's how valuable the person right beside you. And the original person of man is to what? Is to really be used by God. And the instruction in the book of Genesis, it says right here, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth and subdue it. In fact, the summary of this is that God wants us to take care of the garden. Why? Why not the jungle? Why not any other place? Why the garden? A beautiful place. Because God would want to even tell us that I have even prepared a place for you that you can even uh, capitalize in order for you to what? To be a steward of it. And the instruction is very clear. It is an instruction of how you should build your family, your company, and your civilization. This is not just an instruction that God has given people. In fact, the heart of God from the very beginning before the fall of man is for man to be productive. For man to be good. How many of you here, honestly, you're good in cooking? Mahilig po kayo magluto. Masarap po kayo magluto. Iba kasi yung hilig sa masarap. Do you understand? How many of you here, raise your hands, you know in your heart, okay, with all humility, you know that you're intelligent. No one, okay? But deep in our hearts, we know that we are. How many of you here, you believe with all your heart, you're gifted? In what? I don't know, but you're gifted. Do you understand? Because that is your design. God would want you to be productive, but when sin came in, instead of being a cultivator, you become a destroyer. And if you don't have Christ, everything that you touch, everything that you involve yourself in is broken. Because you're self-centered, you're selfish. What you want is for the whole world to revolve around you. Am I correct? How many of you here are guilty of that? That before you, you came to the Lord, you want the world to revolve around you. And that's the reason why you want success, you want achievements, you want, you want a nice car because you want people to give you the applause that you've been longing for. But there is no applause that can satisfy a human soul other than the applause of God. When you're pleasing God, that is the most satisfying place to be in. So you can have everything in life but still live in dissatisfaction because there is nothing in this world that can satisfy your soul than the applause of God. That's the reason why. When man sinned against God, instead of cultivating things, he became a destroyer. 
So Romans 5.17 has validated that. For if because of one man's trespass, his name is Adam, death reigned through that one man. And everyone died. When Adam sinned against God, all of us became a sinner. We don't have a choice. Whether you like it or not, because what Adam did, you were a sinner. But the good news is, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. The design of man is to be good, to be productive, to be loving, to be in a relationship, to work on his marriage, to work on parenting, to be a great employee, to have so much resources, to have so much money. Because man is after all the image and likeness of God. I don't know if you're familiar. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. In Tagalog, katakot-takot kahindik-hindik. And I want you to understand, man's original design is so good. When sin came in, it ruined everything. Christ has to what? Rescued us from the dominion of darkness. But the beauty of this, when Christ came and died for our sins, our identity has been restored. Amen? When I say identity, you don't have to fight for applause of men because what you're living for is the applause of God. Do you understand? That you don't have to prove your point because God has proven His point on the cross. That your design has been restored. Do you understand? That's the reason why I've been hearing a lot of testimonies of people that used to be, uh, really used, used to have a dark past. They're away from home. They, they, they went through a lot of annulment and separation, but suddenly their marriage was restored because that's the heart of God for us. God wants our lives restored, not only redeemed. Redemption is, is God buying you from, from the, the slavery of sin. But he's not done yet. He wants to fill you with every blessings. And that's the heart of God. So if you have this understanding that man's design is intact, when he handed his life over to God, the mission is not yet done. That's the reason why we're gathering. That's the reason why we're worshiping God. Because man is called by God to do every good work, that he will abound in good works. Do you understand? So as you are a person of good deeds and good works, I think it was validated in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. It says right there that it is God who works in you, both to work and to will. What do I mean by this one? Some of you here, you're thinking if you're good. No, you're good. Why? Because you have... Christ in you. Some of you here are deciding, will I do good tomorrow? No, 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 no. The good works are prepared for you. You just have to show up. Do you understand? Magpakita ka lang. That is what God is asking from us. Because God has designed man when his relationship with God was restored that he is capable of doing what is good. Do you understand? Look at the person on your left. Tell the person, you're good. Come on now. Tell the person on your left, you're good. 
Look at the person on your right, tell the person, ang bait mo. Kay buti ng Diyos ang bait mo. Because that is your identity, that is your design to do what is good. I struggle with math. I see people loving math. How many of you here are accountants? See? You should be in this service. Because I hate math, you just have to acquire that. But I, I just can't help. Why people love math? Why they love science? Why they love art? Why they love architecture? Because God has designed you to be good. God has designed you to be gifted. And the enemy hates God, but he cannot touch God. He wants to mess with your life because God loves you. And that's the only way he can hurt God. Because of that, God is serious of winning you. And this is the story of our redemption. That he wants your life to be good so that you can make a difference where you are. That you would be a blessing to people. Because he wants you to know that even though you fell from the garden and Christ came to restore you back to himself, your experience of the garden does not end where you fell from. In fact, the story of a redemption started in the garden. It will end in a city of God that also looks like a garden. Where it is sustained by God, where you don't have to work or cultivate it. That's the reason why this message is so beautiful, not because I'm the one preaching the message, but because of the story of God that he wants all of you to understand. That I have a great plan, more than just what you want for yourself, or the career that you want for yourself, or the marriage that you want for yourself, or the dreams that you have for your family. There is a grand plan that God has for us, and if you understand what God is up to, it will change your life. There's a reason why I want to use a person in the Bible that most of you are familiar with, and his name is Abraham, and I want to read from Hebrews chapter 11. Are you ready? It says right here, this is a short passage. This is the reason why I'm trying to prolong it, so that I would appear that I did study, okay? Chapter 11, verse 8 to 10, it says right here. In verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Nobody would do that. Nobody would want to go somewhere without knowing where he is headed. Am I correct? All of you here, you dress up, brush your teeth, and took a bath. You dress up, brush your teeth, and took a bath. That's... But anyway, you don't understand where I'm coming from. Because your goal is to attend this gathering. There is a plan. And you're set with a plan. But Abraham, look at his life. Why would he do something where he knows 
that wherever he's headed is something vague and with no direction. But in verse 9, by faith he went up, lived in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him on the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. You know, if you are an artist or an architect, this will even encourage you all the more because the God that we serve is a designer. But more than that, the thing that I would want to even remind you of that Hebrews was written to encourage a community of Christians who were discouraged because of persecution. The book of Hebrews was written for people that are discouraged. How many of you here are discouraged this afternoon? I'm glad you're not, okay? And almost every single week or, or every month, I would encounter discouragements and I would talk to people that are very encouraging. Do you want to be with people that are very encouraging? Yes or no? Yes. You don't want to be with people that are negative. We call them negastar. Because they're very negative. I don't know why it dawned on me, but it sounds good. We don't want to be with his people. So the book was written in order to encourage people that when you're going through tough and rough times, I want you to be reminded that there is a place prepared for you. Isn't that good? If you know that salary, your salary is coming double than the amount that you're receiving, no matter how painful life is, every single day you report to your office and do what is tasked of you. Am I correct? Do you understand? How many of you here, you appreciate money? Money. You appreciate money. Come on now. Not the love of money, but you appreciate money. Okay, two people. How many of you here, you want to have a lot of money? A lot of money. All of us, if you look at your heart, you want to have a lot of money. You know why? Because, because you have the buying power. You can bless people. Am I correct? If you're not raising your hand, you are very selfish. Because you don't want to give money away. You can't give what you don't have. My point for saying this is that when there is something that you're expecting, whether that's a salary day, or a Christmas bonus. Pastor Ariel. Anyway, um, <laughs> you, you, you are motivated that even though things might not do well when you're looking forward to your salary day. How many of you are excited? A day before your salary day. Yung di ka na mapakali. Yung your demon possessed. <laughs> because you just can't help. If your salary day is Friday, Wednesday palang, nagsha-shopee ka na. <laughs> Do you understand? Eh, wala nga yung cash on delivery. Do you understand? Tinanggal nila eh. What a company. Eh, eh, my point is, you, you want to buy something. And the reason why I would want to even just give you that illustration, because man, when there is something to live for, no matter how painful what he is going through, he will always wake up every single day and fight it out. How many people are, are single here? Single. Single, you're, you're depressed. I'm just kidding. Single, and, and you're ready to mingle. Come on now, come on now. Raise your hand. Single, not just single, but ready to mingle. And if you've been in that, in that season where you're courting somebody, and you know there is an ounce of hope, grabe, no? Kahit gano'ng kahirap, papasagot ko to. 
But when you know that there is hope, no matter how hard the situation is, you wake up and fight it out. This is what Abraham is up to. And I want to read right here once again in verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Was Abraham obedient? Yes or no? Wrong. He is not. And I will tell you why. Because the life of Abraham is synonymous to your life. All of us in this room. Because his intention to obey God and falter down the road was still validated that you're obedient. Do you understand? That's the reason why I like what Abraham really did because Abraham obeyed God when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Of course, the first question is that if you have an inheritance, where is this place? How big is this place? Can I sell this place? Do you understand? The last question is very Filipino. Can I sell this place? (laughs) Some people would want to even capitalize on the place. But you want cash, am I correct? So he went out and he went out not knowing where he was going. What's wrong with him? That he went out without him knowing. Because you need to understand that this instruction of God is assumed that Abraham has an encounter with God. Even though you don't know where you're headed, as long as it came from God, you don't have to worry about anything. Because the object of your movement and the object of what you want to do is never centered on the place where you're going, but it is centered on the God who will be with you in this journey. We know the story in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. God asked him to go. Now, if you are very familiar of your Bible, in Matthew 28, there is also an instruction of go. Go therefore and. This is the counterpart in the Old Testament. Because the God that we worship would always want us to move towards a direction. Do you understand? And that's the reason why when you became a Christian and you have an encounter with God, you can help but bring everybody to church. You want to share the gospel to your mom, to your cousin, to your brother, to your sister. Why? Because you cannot even hamper the movement of telling people that you have an encounter with God. But you need to understand the instruction is what? To leave his country. If you're familiar with your Bible, Abraham left his country and his father's household. But if you read thoroughly, he did not leave his father's household. He invited his nephew, Lot. What was the instruction? Leave your family. Why would you bring your nephew? Is that an act of obedience? The instruction, I will give you a child. But he tried a child through his servant. That was not the ways of God. He disobeyed God once again. The promise of God, I will protect you. Leave your country. 
Go to the land, I will show you because I will bless you and make your name great and you'll be a blessing. But you know what happened? He went to Egypt. And lied just to protect himself. Is that a man who we can call as a person of obedience or faith? But more than just even all his lapses and his pitfalls, we need to be reminded that he went out as his act of obedience. And a lot of us here are like that. We want to obey God, but in the middle of the race, we want to cut corners. Lord, sabi mo, papakasal ako, pero wala pa rin. Pwede na ito eh. Mukha namang mabait eh. And we tend to justify and quote scriptures. And all of us can relate with that. But God says to Abraham, I will bless you, those who bless you, and, and, and him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. But he did not obey God. But one thing is clear. Abraham went and moved forward. I'm not saying that you have to be like Abraham, that you can follow God and eventually compromise your faith. Because in Christ Jesus, you can be consistent. You start right, you end right. No compromise at all. But you see the faith of a person that more than just even the promise of God, he knows more of God than the promises of God. A lot of you here are excited of the promises of God than God himself. And if you are watchful enough, you only come to God if you need something from God. And all of us are guilty. Some of you here, you're familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11. Am I correct? But you're not familiar with Jeremiah 29, 12 to 14. That if I seek you, I will find you. If you are in a relationship and your spouse will tell you, if I seek you, I know I will find you. <laughs> it feels so good, right? Especially if you're enjoying your relationship. Because it's a kind of intimacy and relationship that God has for, with His people. That more than just even God providing for what we need, and that is assumed that God will provide because you are in a relationship with God. God would want to celebrate with you that we are intimate. Remember what I told you about a week ago? No matter how well provided you are, and you're married with somebody, and you're not doing well relationally, no matter how blessed you are, it is never a blessing. Do you understand? Because it takes faith to pursue the call of God more than just even the call to do what he is asked by God to do. God is calling all of us just like Abraham. Move. You know why? Because a person who has an encounter with God, a person who has been redeemed by God, can't help but follow God. The amount of our obedience is tantamount to the relationship that you have with God. So if you're struggling with obedience, don't you ever tell yourself, 
that I promised to follow God starting today. And all of us are guilty. You don't, you don't tell yourself to do good. Go back to the relationship that you have with God. And obedience will follow. Because faith is acting in the context of the future promise. What do I mean by this one? Because your everyday living is always influenced by how you see the future. Do you understand? More than just even your relationship with God, thus you're obeying, you, you see the future. I, I'm different. I've been telling that to my son. And this is just for all of us. His dream is to play in the Philippine team. Okay? He loves football. And that is his dream. Or our dream. I want to correct myself. I'm also a stage father, okay? But, but that, is, that is always my question. Dad, pagod ako. Masama pakaramdam ko. So you want to play? in the Philippine team? Do you understand? Do you want to do this? And parents, I want you to understand, at times we're telling our kids to do what we want them to do, but we're not giving a picture of what they want to do with their lives. There was a time I repented of this. Can I tell you a secret? You know what? I... I, I my son, there are days that he's stubborn. And I told him, do you really want to destroy your life? I will give you steps to destroy your life. If that's what you want to pursue. Do you understand? If that's your dream, I can help you. And on the other hand, if you're a father, if you're a parent, give your kids the picture of what they want to become. Because they will never listen to what you're telling them to do if they don't have the picture because you're the only one who has the picture. That's Parenting 101. That's not part of our message. But I hope it helps. This is why by faith he went to live in the land of promise. That he was willing to obey the invitation of God to move forward and listen to the call of God to move out. Because I want to take you in this adventure. And God says, he went, and, 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 and the author says, by faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. If this is the promised land, why pitch a tent? If you have arrived where you are supposed to be, you should not pitch a tent. You build a castle. Am I correct? Because our understanding of the story of the Israelites is that they're going around in circles and God has prepared a promised land for them. You need to understand that probably you're correct when you say there's a promised land. But if you read the scriptures, you will be so intrigued. Why is it that Abraham, if this is really the promised land, why would he not stay for good? Bakit? Kung dito ka na maninirahan, why would you but an accommodation that is temporary. You know, if, if I'm going somewhere and I want to stay for good, I want to invest. Same thing with marriage. Do you understand? If you're married, you invest to your wife. 
buy her whatever she wants. So when you're about to give up, you cannot have invested so much. <laughs> Do you understand? And every investment has an ROI. Do you understand? You can fill in the blanks. Because Abraham knew the promised land was still only a temporary stop. Do you need to understand that for a lot of us here who grew up in church, we think that it's a place that we go to. But for Abraham, his promised land is not really the promised land because there is a promised land beyond the promised land. Do you understand? What do I mean by this one? Some of you, your promised land is that I want to have a high-paying job. My promised land, if I can find Mr. Right, if I can have my first billion, and one thing for sure, when you achieve your desires and what you want for yourself, how many of you here can tell me that it's still kulang? Can you relate with me? Pagka may boyfriend na ako, I will be complete. Do you understand? If I can earn my first billion, I think I have, I have arrived. But you know and I know that when you reach that level, there is still another longing. Because your promised land would never satisfy your soul. The promised land that Abraham was talking about is the city of God, where the presence of God is. Because the city of God can only be the city of God if God dwells in that city. Heaven will never be heaven without Jesus. Because if Jesus is not in heaven, that is not heaven. And this is where Abraham is coming from. The promised land was still only a type. Say the word type. And a picture, when you say picture and, and types in the Bible, it is a small representation of what God has in store for us. Do you understand? When you're worshiping God, this is only a speck, a small representation of what you're going to do in heaven. The more than just singing for about 20 minutes, we will sing in heaven 24-7. Amen. Because God has prepared a city for His people, a heavenly place. And when you're worshiping God in that city, you can pick any song. Do you understand? You can praise, you can worship God. Come on now. Because more than even just the promised land that Abraham can say, this is the promised land, I have arrived. You have not arrived. How many of you here, you love to eat? That you are, and you should raise your hand if you are under my care. That's the spirit I want to implore. Come on, how many of you love to eat? Your favorite meal. Come on, raise your hand. Sarap kumahain, di ba? Para ka na sa langit. Ang sarap talaga. I love to eat. It, it's like heaven. I'm telling you right now. Let's end this service and let's have dinner. I mean, I love to eat. That, that, that saying that, that when you're eating your favorite meal is a taste of heaven, that is partially true. A representation. And I want to tell you, nobody can say I have arrived in my promised land because this is something I'm dreaming of can even validate that you are totally satisfied because your promised land can only be found in Jesus.
Come on now. And that's the reason why if you don't have money, no promotion, no boyfriend, no wife, no husband, you can say I'm complete in Jesus because he's my promised land. Come on now. And that's the reason why Abraham can claim the promises of God and it takes faith to pursue the claims of God. Because some people thought that when you get to where you want to be, you can call it your promised land. No. It is your understanding of what really can satisfy me. And my promised land is not heaven. Because God's promise did not end with Abraham. Think about this. In fact, Abraham did not see what God has promised. Can you call a promise if you have not seen what was promised? Tutubo ang iyong mga buhok. Namatay na lang ako, hindi ko man nakita. I can't say that you are indeed successful. Because more than just the physical outcome of what God has promised, God was true to His word. That is the father of many nations, and nations are blessed. Because more than just a place that He needs to go to, He is convinced of the claims of God that there is a land of promise. That's the reason why. He worshiped, he waited, he trusted God. Because more than the promised land and what he wants for himself, there is a promised land that he's looking forward to. And I can prove to you. In Hebrews chapter 12 or 11, it says right here, this all died in faith. They were given a promise and they all died. Is that a successful promise? No. Hindi mo nakita na matay ka eh. Not having received the things promised, hindi mo natanggap. Pero successful pa rin. Ano kayong pinag-uusapan dito? But having seen them and greeted them from afar. Man, yung isang bagay na asam-asa mo, makapag, makahanap ng magmamahal sa'yo. Pero hindi mo, hindi mo nahawakan yung abot kamay lang yung... How many of you here you've seen your favorite car and it is driven by someone else? Grabe naman to. Mukha namang hindi deserving. You, you, you tend to criticize the person. He doesn't have the look. Sing. Look at these people. They were greeted from afar and have acknowledged they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak does make it clear they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had an opportunity to return. Kung isang lugar na inaasam-asam natin, pwede mong puntahan at mababalikan. But the land and the paradise and the city that Abraham is shooting for is a place where you are headed and you cannot go out. Do you understand? And a lot of people are assuming probably Abraham is just driven to go to his promised land. More than just even the place that he wants to go to, there is a place 
beyond the promised land. That is the real promised land. Is it confusing? You think it's the promised land, but there is a place beyond the promised land. That even though you don't enter the promised land, you know that there is a promised land. Confusing? Or even if you enter what you are shooting for and you have tasted what you want for yourself, it will never satisfy your soul because there's a promised land greater than your experience. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a... Ganun pala yun. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for He has prepared for them a city. Because my goal this afternoon is to put you in a place wherein pag masarap ang buhay, wala ito. This is just a minor promised land. There is a promised land in store for us. Pag medyo depressed ka, okay lang. This is not going to last because there is a city and a garden and a promised land that I am waiting for and that God has prepared for me. And this is the summary. The more than just even the call of God that He goes out, more than just the claims that He has with the promise of God in verse 10, this is how it ends. For He was looking forward. He is in the promised land, but He's looking forward beyond the promised land. Because there is a promised land than the promised land that he's in. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. That he's the rock of this city. He's the foundation. If I were Abraham, I can't help but sing this song. He built this city. Do you understand? Because it's a city by God. He built this city. Are you familiar with that song? I just got that from our, our old intercessors. I'm not familiar. Yeah, because I'm more a black pink. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I heard it from my daughter. Because there's a city whose designer is God. So more than just even your, your favorite house or car, I have nothing against it. In fact, that's the heart of God. But let's always look beyond that if you're happy with where you are, you don't have any idea of the joy and the happiness that God has for us because it takes faith to pursue the city of God. The context is so simple that Abraham moved towards a place of promise where I am highly convinced that this place of promise cannot even satisfy his soul because there is only one city where everything is made right and can thoroughly satisfy your soul. Because God's heavenly city is not man's ultimate destiny. And I'm not here to even... I don't want to sound negative. For some of you who are moving to another country and and you have a list of the most secured or probably the less polluted country, 
And you are imagining right now that if I go to this country, everything will be okay. If I go to this country, I think there's stability in the economy. I have nothing against that. Because you need to be in that city if you understand your purpose and your mandate, you're in the right place. But more than anything else, I hope that we're excited for the city that God has prepared for us. Come on now, amen. So in verse 9 of chapter 21, you can hear this loud and clear. It says right here, Then came one of the seven angels who had seven bowls full of seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Who's the wife of the lamb? The person beside you. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. Now imagine with me if you're married, your spouse is carrying you to a mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. So heaven is not something that you go to. Heaven will come down. Light conquers darkness. You don't see darkness conquering light. And we are the people of light. Having the glory of God, it's regions like a most rare jewel like jasper. Clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates. And at gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square. Its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod. Its length and width and height are equals. He also measured its wall. By human measured its wall, 144 cubits. By human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. But I want you to hear verse 18. The wall was built of jasper. Well, the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper. The second, sapphire. The third, agate, should I say? The fourth, emerald. The fifth, onyx. The sixth, carnelian. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, chrysoprase. The eleventh, jacinth. The twelfth, amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the streets of city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Now you can read it once again. And I want you to understand the reason why the city of God is beautiful. Because God is excited to be with you. That's the reason why every morning there's a moment where all of you can validate that when you are in the presence of God, it is the most amazing thing. When you're in the presence of God, it is the most satisfying thing. When you're in the presence of God, you're overwhelmed with His love. That is the city that we will go to. So I would want to encourage all of you to lessen, lessen, lessen. Say the word lesson. Lessen your grip to the things in this city. Because you're bound 
to where God wants you to be. A heavenly city prepared for the Lamb and for His bride. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.